Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated this morning. And is everyone ready? Already have all your presents purchased for Christmas? All right. A few of you we don't like because you're. How many of you do all your shopping online? Anybody do all your shopping online? All right. How many of you just love the thrill of fighting the crowds? All right. Y'all are weirdos too, but. How many of you have your wife do all your shopping? All right. I don't know what to say about you. Join the club. No, I'm just kidding. Merry Christmas. Oh, you you guys can do better than that. Merry Christmas. All right. Hey, uh, I want to encourage you on your way out today, if you didn't already receive a card, a little invite card, to grab one of those and uh, invite someone, right? So grab a couple of them, invite a couple people. And so I got one right here. I always try to keep these in my back pocket. And uh, so invite someone to join you. Uh, next Sunday, the card is specifically, though, about the 24th, our Christmas Eve service, which will be Christmas Eve morning, all right, at 1030. And so I encourage you to be here. Come early. We're going to have some uh, cookies out in the atrium. Just have a good time of fellowship before our service on the 24th. So I encourage you to take these, invite someone to join you. Also, next Saturday, we're going to have an opportunity for you to meet here at the church at 10 o'clock. And we're going to go out in our neighborhood and invite people to join us for Christmas Eve service, all right? So uh, the information's in bulletin. Take note of that and join us next week. So I want to thank uh, you guys, and I want to thank Dave. Where is Dave at? He's usually right here. I'm confused. Dave is right there. Uh, did an amazing job preaching for us last week. And uh, yeah, give him a hand. Appreciate him. And uh, um, I got to listen slash watch it on Facebook as I was driving through San Antonio last Sunday morning. Mostly I kept my eye on the road. Uh, and then every once in a while I look over to uh, see Dave, uh, and so I appreciate uh, the media team who got that up on Facebook last week, and we got to watch it. So we had a team that went to Mexico last week and had a great time, and so I just want to, before we get on our message uh, this morning, take a few minutes just to show you a few pictures of our trip, mainly to thank you for uh, all you did and allowing us to go. There was uh, 19 of us that went, and we uh, got to build this house. Uh, we uh, showed up at the property. There was a, a concrete slab there and boards laying out for us. And uh, in two days, we built that house and uh, painted it inside and out. And most of that is due to how much of a craftsman I am, all right? And uh, that wasn't a joke. I guess it is. All right, so... Uh, this is Annette on the right of the screen, and uh, her birthday is December the 23rd, and, uh, and then this is, uh, my mind just went blank, uh, Maria, Ma- Maria Mich- Michelle, Maria Michelle Cortez, and then um, Thomas, I believe, Tomas is how he said it. So this is the Cortez family. It was awesome to get to meet them. Uh, Annette, the first, uh, when we first built the steps, uh, let me rephrase that, when they first built the steps, uh, Annette was scared to death to walk up those stairs, and then once we got the bed up there, uh, she just ran up those stairs and was bouncing on that bed as soon as she got on. It was awesome, and so I just want to say thank you to all of you who gave so that we could go uh, and build that house, Uh, and then the, the rest of the group. They went to Carmargo, and they got to do Christmas. So a lot of you, I want to say thank you. Uh, everyone that went on the team that got to go be a part of the Christmas to the orphans there, 
uh, were blown away at your generosity, the way you went the extra mile to get exactly what these kids put on their wish list and what they hoped Santa Claus would bring them right, and, and you guys went above and beyond. And I just want to say thank you uh, as a church. These kids had a blast opening up their presents. Um, I, I wish I could have been there, but I was over at the other place, and we were dedicating the house, and so uh, it was a great time. And so on behalf of all of our team that went, we just want to say thank you. And, and could you guys give yourselves a hand for your generosity? I want to thank you guys uh, for that. And, uh, and, and stay tuned. We're going to go back more, and you'll have an opportunity to be a part of that, that team. And I'm proof that you don't have to have a lot of uh, building experience to help, all right? So you guys can, you guys can do that. All right, we're going to be in Matthew, so turn to Matthew chapter number 1, and, and uh, we had uh, um, talked about the characters of Christmas. We, Dave started this series last week. Dave talked about Mary and really uh, what it meant for her to surrender. Uh, she, she believed the impossible, and it led her to surrender her life to whatever God wanted. I, I learned something new last week as I listened to the message that Dave wanted to be a park ranger, and uh, so I know what I'm buying for Christmas, the pants and the shirt, right, and uh, maybe he could wear it. How would you like to see Dave dressed like that for church one day, right? Yeah, all right, all right, so, wait, that means I have to buy him now. I, was, I, I didn't think through that very well. So today we're going to look at Joseph, all right? So Mary surrendered her plans for God's plans. We're also going to look today at Joseph and the fact that Joseph also surrendered his plans for God's plans. And Joseph was willing to obey what God asked him to do. And the truth is, sometimes obeying God isn't easy. Have you ever experienced God asking you to do something that you didn't want to do? Have you ever uh, been, God asked you to do something that you weren't comfortable doing? Or that you wished he wouldn't have asked you to do? And, and oftentimes, the step of obedience is going to require faith. And it's going to require surrender and, and saying, God, it's not my will, but your will. And that's what Mary said, right? Mary said, nevertheless, not my will, but your what, Whatever you will, God, that's what I want to be a part of. And remember, she asked the question, how is this even possible? And the angel said, with God, all things are what? Possible. That even what seems impossible is possible with God. And as we look at the life of Joseph and we think about what he went through, let's, let's read the story. And we're going to kind of slowly walk through the text here this morning, kind of verse by verse. And I want to explain some things uh, as we go. So uh, the book was written, uh, Matthew was written by Matthew, all right? So you guys can, should be able to figure that out. And Matthew wrote the book really uh, with two main thoughts. The, was to Jewish unbelievers, and he wanted to point to the Jewish unbelievers, which he was a Jew who now was a follower of Jesus, and so he was writing to the Jewish unbelievers, and what his main focus was that Jesus Christ, as you see in the very first verse of Matthew, he is Messiah. He is the promised one, and he's the one that, that we as Jews should have been looking for. The second part of, of what he was trying to convey in his book is, in this letter, was that, okay, so we as Jews, and, and I'm referring to myself as Matthew, but we as Jews crucified the Messiah. But God still loves us. God still has a way of salvation for us. And God still has a purpose for us to tell the world 
there's a way to Christ. There's a way to God through Christ. And so that's really what the message is in Matthew. So let's begin in verse number 18. Matthew 1, verse 18. It's also on the screen if you don't have it in front of you. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So let's stop here for a moment. So Dave talked a little bit this last week about uh, the angel appearing to Mary. Now, this period of time here, it says that, he was, that Mary was betrothed to Joseph. The closest thing that we would have culturally to that is what we would call engagement. However, in, in their context, in their culture, this was much more than just an engagement. Okay? This was legally, they were married. Okay? And, and most scholars would say that in this period of time, would, 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 the time frame would, would vary, but kind of the average time would be about a year's period of time that they would be betrothed, but not living as a married couple. Uh, and in this period of time, some would say that it was a period of time for uh, the lady to prove her faithfulness and her purity. It was also time for, in this case, Joseph to go prepare the home. So he, whether he had a lot of money or, or not much money would depend on what kind of home that is, right? And so it might be their own place. It may be in a room that he's added on to mom and dad's place. And I'm glad we're past that in our culture. And uh, you, you guys understand, right? And so during this period of time, legally they were married, but they were not to be together. They were not to live as a married couple, right? Do I have to be more graphic or we shake your head? You, you're tracking with me, all right? If you're not, ask your wife next to you, all right? So <laughs> that was what's going on. And in this period of time that they're not supposed to act like married people, She's pregnant. And Joseph knows very clearly he's not the dad. Right? And there's a reason he knows very clearly he's not the dad. Do I have to be more graphic? Are you tracking with me? All right? Think, let's think about... So last week we kind of talked about Mary. And, and i got to tell Joseph what? I got to tell mom and dad what? And, and maybe mom and dad will believe me this is of the Lord, but I, I don't know about Joseph. That seems somewhat impossible, doesn't it? So Joseph, during this period, is faced with some decisions, isn't he? Is Mary telling me the truth? Should I believe her? I mean, let's continue reading. Verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly or privately. We learn not, the truth is we don't have a lot of information about Joseph, do we? As Dave mentioned last week, from this one verse, we can realize that, that he was a man of character. Uh, he wanted to provide and protect his family, and he was a just and righteous man. And, and yet, he's faced with this major decision. And we see here in this verse 19 that he has a plan. And, and it seems to me that, and again, we don't have all of the information. Some of this is just, to me, common sense, what, what he must be thinking through. 
But what is, what's his plan? It's right there on the screen. Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So let's think for a moment. There's three options that Joseph has. He gets the information. Mary is pregnant. And now he's processing. What am I going to do? And he's got three options in his context where he culturally is at. And the first, we'll just go with the first one that's listed here. So he can divorce her because legally they are married. She's been unfaithful, so he is, you know, under the law, able to divorce her. And one way to do that is to divorce her privately, walk away from the situation, but not publicly shame her. He feels like, because as it says here, a just man, this is the good thing to do not only for her but for him. Because his idea, his plan is, I want to marry a woman that is pure. I want to marry a woman that's faithful. And from what I see in my circumstances, she's not either of those. But I'm going to put her away privately. That's option one, and option one is the one he chose, right? So option two is that he can put her away or divorce, divorce her publicly. And what is that going to mean? That means that they're going to go out to the city gates. They're going to have everyone, and especially the leaders of the city, and they're going to publicly shame her. And what legally they could do is kill her there in the gates. Because they're going to make her, as it says here, he's not willing to make her a public what? Example. The public example is, this girl was not pure, so we need to make an example of her so that other girls won't do the same thing. We're going to the city gate for all to see, and we're going to kill her. We're going to stone her for everyone to see. And that's option number two. But we already know what option he chose, right? Number one. But, but I said there's three options, right? Let's continue reading. Verse 20, but while he thought about these things, can you imagine, not can you, let's imagine, what would Joseph be thinking? Do you remember what it was like when you were engaged and ready to be married? Anybody in here this morning engaged? Any, any engaged people? All right, awesome. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good to see you guys this morning. Anyone else? All right, it's like super exciting, right? Okay, say yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> super exciting and super stressful, right? Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm going to come over here. I don't want to start anything. Okay? Super exciting. I mean, I'll be honest. I have to think back now. It's been a while, right? So in July, I'm going to be celebrating my 25th anniversary. Right? And, and, no, 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 you need to give my wife a hand, not me. You guys know that, right? Yeah. So, I remember, I was 19 years old. I had just got off work, loading trucks at O'Reilly in Springfield, Missouri. I was about four days from getting married. And the next morning, I was supposed to get up, you know, six in the morning and, and make my drive from Springfield, Missouri to Sweetwater, Texas. It's the funnest drive in the world. And, <clears throat> and I remember laying there in bed, and I was so excited. You know what I couldn't do? Couldn't sleep. So you know what I did? I got up and drove to Sweetwater, Texas. I was excited. 
I won't, I won't tell you that six in the morning I, I fell asleep and crashed, but I was excited, all right? Do I have to tell you now? Okay, so I did. At six o'clock in the morning, I crashed in between Sweetwater and I don't even remember where it was. But, but I'm here, everything's good, all right? So the point of the story is I was excited. Don't you think Joseph was anticipating what it was going to be like as he's building the home he's planning his mind because they're going to have a procession to go to her house they're going to get Mary his wife and they're going to come back and they're going to celebrate and then they're going to have the marriage right and all that he anticipated is lost Everything he was hoping was going to happen is not going to happen now. When we think about thinking on these things, there was a lot to think about, wasn't there? The, the two options that we gave you, a lot to think about. But as he's thinking, verse 20 here is on the screen, it says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Can you imagine what Joseph thought now? So he already knew she was pregnant, right? And he's thinking on these things. and He's already made a decision of how he's going to handle this situation. I love Mary, but I can't marry her. And so I'm going to put her away privately because I do love her and I care for her, but it's just not the right thing to do. I'm not supposed to marry her. And now the angel of the Lord says, Joseph, it's okay. She is telling you the truth. She is who you thought she was. She is pure. She is faithful. She is a godly young lady, and you need to marry her. Can you imagine how excited Joseph was now? Now, before we think about how excited he was, or as we think about that, realize also with the excitement, there still comes a lot of decisions to make, right? Because he has a plan, right? His plan is to put her away privately, to do the good thing. But now the angel says what? You need to, you need to marry her, Joseph. And even if he believes the angel, do you think everyone else is going to believe the story? Do you think Joseph's friends... You know, the best man and the groomsman. Do you, do you think they believe? Yeah, Joseph, the angel, right. So what is, he's faced with a decision, isn't he? Now, now we know the third option, right? The first option, he chose to put her away privately. The second option, he didn't want to happen to Mary. He loved Mary. The third option now he's faced with, am I going to do my plan or am I going to follow God's plan? And God's plan is going to be difficult. God's plan is not going to be easy. Let's keep reading. Verse 21. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Wow, this changes everything, doesn't it? 
the decision just got a little more powerful, didn't it? This, this boy is the Messiah. This boy is the one that we've been looking for. God has chosen me, Joseph, to be his dad. Do you think that's a big task? Do you think that's a big ask? It is. And I think Joseph still has to make a decision, doesn't he? Not only am I going to have to put up with what everyone says about me and Mary, and, and I know Mary's been faithful, and I know that she's a good, a good, godly young lady, and yet all these people are going to assume that she's not. Either they're going to assume that she's not, or they're definitely going to assume that I'm not. And they're, how are they going to believe the story that, listen, this is done of God, and, and, and God has brought this on us, and, and by the way, this is going to be the Messiah, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, all of us as Jews, what we've read and all the things in the Old Testament, they point to my son. Verse 22, so all that was done that it might be filled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying. Now let's pause there for a minute. Remember I told you that Matthew's goal in writing the book was to write primarily to Jewish unbelievers. And so what he does all throughout the book of Matthew is to point to Old Testament Scripture because that's the only Scripture they would have. And he was pointing that in the Old Testament, this was who we were talking about, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, the one that, that I followed for those three and a half years. You can believe he is the Messiah. And so this phrase in verse number 22, that it might be fulfilled uh, over and over. So get your pen out, and I want you to write some, some references, okay? And I want you to spend some time this week to look through the book of Matthew and see these instances where Matthew points back to the Old Testament. The prophecy that was fulfilled through Jesus and through this story that he gives. So, uh, you guys ready? Alright, chapter 2, verse 15. Chapter 2, verse 17. I'm just encourage you to write the reference down. You can look them up. So, chapter 2, verse 15. Chapter 2, verse 17. Chapter 2, verse 23. Chapter 4, verse 14. Chapter 8, verse 17. Chapter 12, verse 17. Chapter 13, verse 25. And chapter 21, verse 4. Chapters 27, verse 9. So in verse 22, Matthew is saying, look, for all that was fulfilled, which is spoken to you by the prophet, saying, verse 23, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Joseph, you are going to be the father. You are going to be the earthly father to raise Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one that was promised. You know, Emmanuel, God with us. How many of you think that maybe that possibly this was a little bit of an overwhelming decision to make, right? It's not like just taking a test, multiple choice, or all the above, right? Like, this is big. He's already made a decision that he's going to put her away privately. Now God is saying, I want you to marry her, and oh, by the way, you're also going to be the father of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, and you need to take Mary to be your wife 
That's a big decision, isn't it? What is, what is Joseph going to do? Verse number 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took him his wife, and he did not know her till she had brought forth her first son, and they called his name Jesus. Joseph made a decision, didn't he? His decision was to surrender his plan for God's plan, to be obedient. So let's real quickly this morning, on your outline, in your bulletin here, there's three things I want us to look at that I think we can apply to our life this morning about obedience. Because the truth is, God is always asking us to do something. God is always asking us to take another step of faith. I'm going to be honest with you. I wish that God would stop asking me to take steps of faith. Because sometimes it's not easy. You guys ever felt that before? You ever felt like, okay, I did it. Now I'm done with steps. Are you ever done with steps? No. How many of you track your steps on your phone every, every day, right? I, I don't know why I'm asking you that. This week I was uh, visiting a lady in the hospital. And uh, this lady's in her 80s. And just, I, can I be honest? You guys want me to be honest with you, right? Sometimes I go to the hospital and it's the greatest experience. I get encouraged. And, and this was one of those times. This lady was like... Well, for one, she was excited to see me, so she may be, there may be some issues there I don't know about, but she was excited to see me. No, she was, you ever met people that you just know walk with God? And here's a lady who's having health issues in her 80s, and, and here's what she said, well, I'm still here, so God must not be done with me. I want to have that mindset. But, but here, before we say, yeah, I want to have that mindset too, realize that in order for me to, to genuinely say, God, I want to be used of you. And I want to surrender to you. And I want to be obedient to you. I have to realize that it's going to take a step of faith. And just because I took a big step of faith this time, doesn't mean he's not going to ask again. In fact, if God has stopped asking you to take steps, it's probably because you've stopped taking the steps he's asked you to take. Like people come to me all the time and say, I want to know the will of God. Well, quit living in sin. Are, are you checking with me? If I'm willfully living in sin that I know is wrong, how can I expect that God's going to be speaking to me? So let's look at the outline. I'll stop yelling at you guys, all right? Number one, be obedient. Being obedient will often interrupt our plans. You guys love interruptions, don't you? Joseph had a plan, didn't he? 
Mary had a plan. Dave talked about Mary's plan. You know, all, I mean, you, you guys, how many of you girls have been planning your wedding since you were like four years old, right? And, and she had this plan. She knew it was going to happen and how it was going to happen and when it was going to happen. And all these things had been planned out. And, and God said, nope, my plans are not your plans. Joseph had a plan, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to execute it. And, and, and what did God say? No, my, my plan, not your plan. Right, so Joseph's plan was in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. I'm going to put her away privately because I'm a just man and I'm going to do what's good by her. God's plan was, verse 20, no, you're going to take her to be your wife. Isaiah 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's okay to have a plan, and you need to plan, but your plans, you need to be okay with God interrupting them. The way Dave worded it last week was, we settle for the mill deal, and God wants you to have what? The supersize, right? I'm getting amen on supersize, right? Does God know more than you do, yes or no? Does God live outside of time and space, yes or no? Should we trust God with our plans, yes or no? Do we always trust God with our plans? It seems really simple, doesn't it? And the truth is, it is very simple. It's just not always easy. Number two, being obedient to God will not always make sense. You kind of see in parentheses there on your bulletin, to us maybe or to others. God's, being obedient to God's will will not always make sense. You ever feel like what God was asking you to do just doesn't make sense? You ever feel like God's not listening to you? Like, God, I have a plan. Right? Isn't that, isn't that kind of how we usually do it? Let's get a plan and then ask God to make it happen. Right? You ever feel like God is distant? You ever feel like God, all he really wants to do is interrupt your plans? Being obedient to God will not always make sense. But will God ever leave you? Will God ever forsake you? No. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Romans 8, 28, and we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I think sometimes we think our plans are better than God's plans. Because surely we know better, right? Now, probably none of you would actually verbally say that out loud, Right? But how many of us practically live like that? 
I mean, I'm guilty of it. Number three, being obedient to God will keep you in line with God's will. I just want to know God's will for my life. Well, then be obedient to what he's told you to do. I want to know what God wants me to do in the next 10 years. Then be obedient to what he's told you to do today. Matthew 1, 24. And then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took to him his wife. Was, was this an easy decision for Joseph? No. Was it the easy way out for Joseph? No. Was it what God wanted Joseph to do? Yes. When God asks us to do something, we need to be obedient. We need to surrender our plans for his plans. The examples, we'll give two examples and, and we'll be done this morning. Luke 1.38. Mary said, Behold the maidservant from the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary surrendered to God's plan for, for her life. Not my will, but your will. Who else said that? Jesus did, didn't he? Matthew 26, 39 on the screen. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. This is the prayer in the garden, isn't it? Moments before the soldier would come, and arrest him, put him on trial, and crucify him. And his last prayer in the garden was, not my will, but your will. He humbled himself, became obedient to death, even the death on the cross. To what extent does God want me to be obedient? Maybe I'll rephrase that. To what extent was Jesus willing to be obedient? He gave his life. He gave his life. The last four things on your outline this morning are just like these next steps. Number one, the most important step Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. What, what did the angel say to Joseph in verse 21? She shall bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And what you need to understand this morning is that the Bible is very clear that we have all sinned, we fall short of the glory of God, and that whoever calls on the Lord shall be saved. So here's, I had an awesome opportunity this week. I got to go speak at one of the, the local elementary schools. They had career day, and uh, one of uh, my former students was one of the teachers that I'm pulling up to career day. Um, I tell you guys to have a plan, but I'll be honest, I had no plan when I walked in there. And so I, I text her as I'm pulling up in the parking lot and said, hey, can I talk about anything? Like, can I talk about Jesus at career day? And she's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. So I go into two different classes. 
Uh, all they have is my iPad, and I show them pictures of all these mission trips that I've been on to and try, letting them try to guess where I've gone and how that went. And then I said, so what do you suppose my career is? And they had no clue. And, and so we finally get to someone says, teacher. I'm like, yeah, and so it rhymes with teacher. We got to preacher. And, and then I said, you know why I travel all over the world to talk to these kids just like you? And oh, why? And I said, I want them to know, and I want you to know. That God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus. You know, we celebrate at Christmas to die to take your punishment. That's the greatest gift ever. And what I want you to know this morning is if you've never accepted that gift, you've never called on Jesus for your salvation, that you can do that today. So maybe the first step some of you need to take this morning is Give your life to Christ. And if God has revealed to you this morning that you need to do that in a moment, we're going to stand, we're going to, we're going to continue in worship, and, and, and we're going to have some people standing up here, and they're going to be facing you. And if you would like to give your life to Christ this morning, then when we stand in a moment, I want you to walk forward and shake their hand and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. And let me tell you something, you will never regret giving your life to Jesus Christ. Amen. Number two. Determine who you're living your life for. Determine who you're living your life for. A simple question. Right now, today, currently, are you willing to change your plans for his plans? Daily, we are to die to self, take up our cross, and follow him. Number three, watch for God appointments. Watch for God appointments. You know, uh, many years ago, we read, I read the book, Ex Experiencing God. And one of the realities of experiencing God was this, that God is always at work around us. And because God is always at work around us, then I need to look for where God is working, and then what do I need to do? I need to join in on the process. And I'm convinced that in my own life, I'm convinced in many of the lives you live that you're not looking for God opportunities. And I'm not looking for God opportunities. Number four, step out in obedience. I'm confident that everyone in this room this morning has a step that God wants you to take. For some of you, that step is I need to give my life to Christ. I've never done that. For some of you, maybe it's to be baptized. For some of you, maybe it's to, to join a local church. For some of you, maybe it's to start giving regularly. For some of you, it's maybe to give to missions. For some of you, it's to start in a connect group. God's saying, you need to be connected to someone. You need to get here early at 9.30 on Sunday morning and get involved and connect with somebody that will help you grow in your faith. Every, everyone in the room has a next step. Are you willing to take it? Are you willing to surrender your plans for his plans. Would you close your eyes for a moment this morning? And as I mentioned already, we're going to prepare for a time of worship. And maybe you're new here this morning. If you're new here, we're just so grateful that you're here. And this last part of the service is just an opportunity for us to respond to God's word this morning. There's a lot of ways we can respond. One of those is just to worship through music, to sing. One of these ways you can respond this morning is, is maybe just to sit at your, at your seat there and to pray. 
Maybe this morning the response is that you need to come forward and pray. And maybe the response this morning is you need to walk across the room to that person you're mad at. Get them to come forward and you confess your sin and pray with them. Maybe this morning it's you and your spouse need to come forward and say, you know what? We're not honoring God with our finances. Maybe this morning it's you need to come forward and say, I need to give my life to Christ. Whatever, whatever God is speaking to you in your life about, I want to encourage you this morning. Take a step. Walk forward this morning. Ask someone to pray with you. Surrender your plans to his plans. God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the, the information, even though it's little of Joseph, that can challenge me today to be the man that you've called me to be, to surrender my plans for your plans, to surrender my will to your will. Lord, there's many of us in here this morning that, that need to take that next step of faith, and I, I pray, Lord, that you would challenge us to take the step. Lord, if there's somebody in here this morning that's not given their life to you, I pray that they would come forward this morning they would shake one of the hands here and, and just ask someone to tell them about Jesus. And Lord, I pray that we as a church, we as, as a family here would be faithful stewards of the gospel of Jesus that we would share. Lord, we want to worship you together again this morning before we're dismissed. We want to respond. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Would you stand where you're at? And, and Ben's going to lead us in a song of worship. And let's just, as a church family this morning.